Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Animated Excellence. I'm your host, Anakit, and as I've never had before, I have some guest stars. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is... Go ahead. Okay. Hi, my name is Wesley. I've been on this show before a few times. Yeah. I think this is your fourth time. Yeah. I've probably been on the same amount. Uh, I'm Mr. Minus one. Minus Minus one. one. Oh, yes. Wes did one alone. Um, yeah, I used to be these two, well, one of them I used to have be their teacher, but I'm still teacher to one, but hello. Hi. Yee. Um, so we're talking about a movie today. Uh, also breaking new ground here. I never talk about movies on this podcast about movies. Yep. Um, we're talking about The Dark Knight, a really good movie. Uh, we actually did the first movie in this trilogy, Batman Begins, together, uh, and we had such a good time talking about that one, I figured, hey, let's let's do the second one, um, which is in some ways even better. So, uh, here on Animated Excellence, we have four t- categories for discussion, story and characters, aesthetics, uh, acting, and spoiler talk, where we spoil the movie. So, uh, let's go ahead, jump right in into story and characters. What did you guys think of that? Um, honestly, for me, the Batman, he was played okay, but the real star of this movie was the Joker. I agree. Yeah, the Joker was amazing. Um, I've always heard about Heath Heath Ledger's Joker, but I obviously had never seen it until now. Well, I, I wouldn't say obviously, but whatever. Um, it was a wonderful thing to see and how insane he actually was on screen. Um, one, one thing is the, the entertaining recasting of one of the characters between the first and second movie. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is more of something to do with acting, but I definitely agree that, um, Heath Ledger's performance was outstanding. Did you know apparently he's he only has 28 minutes of screen time, but he has such a lasting presence in the film that it feels like it's more of it. 28 Just, minutes? That's it. Yeah. Out of a two and a half hour movie, to have such an impact in that allotted time is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Because his character has such an impact on the story. Like He Mm -hmm. throws Gotham into absolute chaos and has these weird twisted ideas about chaos, about chaos being fair, things like that. It's really, really fascinating stuff. It's, it's not, this is not your typical movie villain. This is a villain that, yes, he kills people and stuff like your average superhero movie villain, but like he actually throws characters into situations of moral conflict. Uh, If you want to cite an example it's definitely making batman choose between saving uh harvey dent or uh rachel um that that kind of moral decision making is what the joker thrives on that's what he likes he doesn't actually like the chaos he like well he doesn't actually like the violence he likes the chaos that's it and didn't and didn't uh, this might be me misremembering um but didn't he also say the locations incorrectly yes like Batman he did. went to save rachel but ended up saving harvey Dan. harvey yeah and th- the amount of like thought that had to go into that of like oh 
this Batman, he's got a very good connection to um, this woman. He's going to pick that person. So I'm mm-hmm. going to put, I'm going to switch it and see what happens because yeah. chaos. It's like how he always wins in the end. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I liked, another little touch. Uh, there's a part in the middle of the movie where uh, this businessman guy who works for Wayne Enterprises, he figures out that um, Bruce Wayne is Batman through, <laughs> you know, the technology and stuff. First of all, kind of surprised I, no one figured it out earlier, but moving I know. on. I Also, just the way that he approached it, he was like, I want $10 million a year for the rest of my life. <laughs> Then Morgan hmm. Freeman's character is like, you really want to blackmail the guy who beats up crimi- pr- criminals on a nightly basis? <laughs> That's great. why I thought it was hilarious. It's like, yeah. you really thought you were doing something, and then you did nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, And then there's also the thing of how it touches on how like the police and everyone have their suspicions, but he helps them out so much that it's kind of the, they don't want to really know. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. They want to help they want to like work with him, but on the down low. They don't yeah. want to actually know who he is, because then they would be liable. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that I caught on this time. Well, I mean, I probably noticed this detail, but something that I actually like was like, "Whoa, this is a really c- cool detail." Uh, when the Joker says, "Hey, if uh, w- when uh, Coleman Reese—that's the name of that character—he goes on the news to try to." Um, <clears throat> Uh, expose who Batman is because, you know, Joker's killing people every day that Batman hides his identity. So on the show, just before he says it, uh, the Joker calls in is like, hey, if Coleman Reese isn't dead in an hour, I blow up a hospital. So you have this really interesting conflict where a bunch of people are trying to kill him. And so one person is about to hit his that police car that has that's protecting him. And Bruce uh, crashes his car in order to uh, save uh, Reese, you know, from that. And there's this little detail of uh, Coleman Reese getting out of the car and, and exchanging a look with Bruce Wayne and that little nod that happens. That That's that's just such a nice detail mm-hmm. um, because this guy knows he's Batman and it's, it, it's I, I like that detail. I just like that scene. Yeah, I, I totally missed that when I watched it. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up because that is... We- the subtleties in this movie are really like there's some things that I would miss and my roommate would point it out and I was like, oh, that is a key detail that was very minor. But the way that the movie, even though it's two and a half hours, is crafted so well. Yeah, yeah well, they make a four act film not feel loaded or long. Is yeah, it four exactly. act or three act? Well, it kind of feels like four act the way you kind of. Fine. They don't. I mean, they it's make just a very two and a half long. hour film feel short. Yeah, it 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 really does go by. I have, I have attention issues, uh, and I have never been bored by this movie. I think I have actually watched this movie in one sitting, to my own surprise. Um, I also which watched might... it in one sitting, but I watched it after working a while during the day, and so. I started at like 7.30 p.m. So it was late for me mm-hmm. to start and then end it at 10. But it was worth it. That's not worth something it. that I would actually say with a normal movie. Um, I'm not a movie person, but I did enjoy this movie a lot. Yeah. Um, man, there's so much <clears throat> that this movie does right. 
Um, it, did you know on the IMDb uh, top 250 movies list, it's the highest rated PG-13 movie. The ones above it are like rated R. So it's like like Godfather first two movies and mm-hmm. something else. I don't remember, but highest rated PG-13 movie. So, so. Um, they didn't really do anything anything better than the first movie on Rachel Rachel Dawes character. Oh, yeah, definitely. Still one-dimensional. I mean, she's at least relevant in this one. Yeah, at least she's relevant, because even though she was completely recast from the last movie, um, I I mean, at least she's relevant. I think Mm -hmm. there was some minor improvement. Maybe that was script writing playing. And also the actress. I liked this actress more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's better. better. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh, I can't think what else was like really good. I, I liked the third act when. Um, oh, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, Later. that's spoiler spoilers. Talk. That's I'm, spoiler talk. I'm thinking you're thinking about the thing that I'm thinking about. Well, I also like how the introduction of like the Joker and the heist they inter- they show right away how like meticulous of a planner he is, mm-hmm. and like how he doesn't even follow the traditional thieves rule of. Like, oh, you don't stab your buddies in the back? But he stabbed all of the buddies in the back. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that was a really great scene. Um, I know this is touching into cinematography a bit, but that opening shot where it just slowly pans into that one building is always going to be one of the most memorable, sh- memorable shots in a movie because yeah. it's just, you know. Um, yeah. So that was really good. Uh, speaking, any- of, speaking of around that moment... Um, I like that the only part of the last movie that you really needed to know is who the Scarecrow was. And and he's barely in it. He's barely in it. He's in it for like three minutes at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and then he's no longer relevant. He's just yeah. a source of drugs for the cartel or something. I, it, yeah, a shame too, because I really liked his character. I, I really, uh, that actor, Killian Murphy, is really good. Mm-hmm. I wish he was in it more, but whatever. He's in it more in The Dark Knight Rises. He has relevance oh, there. Oh, okay, good. Good yeah. to know. He has, he, has, he has screen time, so um, you'll see him there. Um, but yeah, does anyone else have anything else to say on story and characters before we move on? I do not. All right. Well, in that case, let's move on to uh, <coughs> aesthetics, formerly known as visuals and cinematography. I have broadened this category to aesthetics so that we can talk about the cinematography as well as other aspects such as music and stuff. So that is what we're talking about. So what do you guys think of this film's aesthetics? Um, it's very dark. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that's it. It's just very dark. I appreciate it. The, the music score... Uh, was amazing or i think personally that it was amazing yep i have studied to this uh trilogy score uh for many weeks on end it's really good is it bad that i didn't even notice it <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm a classical music person and i just did not even notice it yeah but the score is really good there's like um there's a couple of recurring th- uh themes from the last movie but um, I just really like Hans Zimmer's music, um, even some less good movies uh, like Wonder Woman 1984. He manages to uh, still deliver a great score in like even less good movies. So imagine how good the score is in a really good movie. <laughs> 
it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So that's, I, I like that a lot. Um, cool. So the cinematography, uh, this film is shot by, uh, Wally Feister, who won a Academy Award for a cinematography for Inception. But I think this film is better shot. Um, just saying. I, I really, like, uh, Mr. Hall just said, uh, the, the dark colors, um, like, uh, when you, when you think of that, uh, you think to the, uh, scene in, um, was it? Beijing or Hong Kong it was Hong Kong mm-hmm. um wh- where they they kind of had these slow pans around the city and it's just really dark and stuff uh and you have like these little lights on the skyscrapers it, it looks really great <laughs> it's very well shot I will say it's it's really really good even yeah. even like super dark scenes <clears throat> like the third act still look really nice because of the careful like yeah, little bits I of have, lighting mm-hmm. and I have one more thing to add on the camera angles in um, I'm not going to say when the scene is, in case you haven't seen it, but um, in one of the scenes, the Joker is getting uh, is hanging off of a building, and the cinematography turns him right side up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they do They do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good, really well shot scene. Um, yeah, it's, it's just really good. Um, also, this is another movie he shot partially in IMAX, so if you have the Blu-ray disc, uh, watch it on the Blu-ray disc, because it preserves, um, the aspect ratio changes a little bit, so you get, like, a full-frame version, and it looks really cool. Um, that, that's also partially why that opening shot is a lot more impactful, because it's that full-frame version. Um, I really wish IMAX cameras were usable to shoot entire movies in, but because IMAX cameras are extremely loud... You can't do that, but um, for dialogue scenes at least. But still, it's it's cool that this is the first movie that was shot on an, any IMAX camera, if um, if I believe correctly. Um, and it looks really good. Good job, guys. Good job. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're obviously listening to a podcast um, about this their own movie. Um, also, also, also that uh, oh, what is it? That car chase scene in in Gotham, when they're where they're transporting Harvey Dent, who's turned himself in, right, for apparently being the Batman. Um, that is, is so that well done. Nah, it's halfway through. Okay, uh, then yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is is just like on a technical front, such a really well done scene because most of it's real. Most of it was practically done. Like actually, they shut down a, a bridge in Chicago to actually wow. do it uh and it looks it, it's very well shot um they even that part where a truck gets uh uh taken off the bridge and into the river that was real they actually did that yeah like oh my god mm-hmm. how come um the what is it the bat pod is fully is like fully drivable and fully realistic yep uh the only parts of that scene that were cg um, the part where the bat pod, tra- uh, tra- transforms into the, the, the motorcycle thing, that was the CG. The tumbler turned into the motorcycle, yeah. Yes. Uh, the scene where, uh, the, the, there's one shot where the, the, um, the tumbler goes under a truck and it, it skids on the top of the bridge. That was done using a model, um, because that would have been really difficult to do in <laughs> practically. Uh, yeah, and the last I, one is when that helicopter was crashing into the building. That was entirely CG. So the the flipping of the semi truck was not CGI. Yup, it was no, real. It was what? 
Yeah, that yeah. was practical. That is Yeah. Because that just the image of that was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. I did not I thought it was fake cuz I didn't think it could be real. I didn't no, think they, physics they, could work like that. They they got a a rig to push the truck like that. They had to practice on like uh abandoned runways, I think. And then uh Christopher Nolan said uh, I normally don't like using a lot of uh, camera angles, but because we only really had one take to do this, uh, we had to shoot from several angles. Uh, mm-hmm. And they got it right. They got it right. And it looks nice. great. Um, also, I think that's why the sound design in that scene just sounds so raw and real. Because mm-hmm. um, it was. Yeah. He really has this obsession uh, with um, doing practical effects, doing everything in camera. Uh, he's repeatedly said, uh, "The human eye can tell when something's real and when something's animated." Mm. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate that from him. Uh, his latest film, *Tenet*, uh, which he's described to have less computer-generated effects than a rom-com, has ironically been nominated for best VFX at the Oscars. Just a fun <laughs> fact. Literally, the front runner for best VFX has infamously little VFX. How ironic is that? I, so I listened to your podcast about that, and Mm -hmm. I still have not watched the movie. I listened to the whole thing, and I'm very confused. Yeah, I I literally (laughs) said, with you in mind, it was you in mind, when I said, please do not listen to this if you haven't seen the movie, I was keeping you in mind, and I was directly talking to you. Hey, at least you convinced me to maybe watch it one day. Well, yes, you should. It's great. Um, a lot of people hate it, but um, uh, that's why you, I was not we're, going. We're to talking watch about it. Batman here. Yes, yeah, but sorry, sorry, sorry to de- derail the conversation. I thought just plugging your own podcast on your podcast would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Tenet is good, and but not as good as this. So let's move on back to this. So um, anything else y'all want to say about uh, the cinematography or the music? Simon cinematography. Yep. That's how you say it. That sounds delicious. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? They just should rename cinematography to cinematography. No, then people would start to care what it is. Yeah, just maybe saying. there will be more filmmakers out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, cool. So let's move on to the <laughs> acting. Um, which, yeah, and the acting's not that great, right? <laughs> we can skip it. I mean, uh, I think we we should just we should just talk about the Joker in this yeah. part because yeah. I think that's the one the one character that is the highlight of this movie. He is the movie. Two Face does a decent job, but yeah, no, Joker by far takes cake yeah. for best actor. I feel like Two Face sort of became one note mm-hmm. at the end when Two Face came up. Um, but I did like his his transformation from you know this normal decent person into this this one note villain. I, I think that that deserves some praise. But definitely nowhere near as good as Joker. I agree. That was amazing. I agree. I think um, the the warping of the psychology of that person turning into two faced and making it oh mm-hmm. let's keep it fair. The only thing yeah. fair is random. Um, and yeah, that's you either die or here or live. You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I did not know that was a quote from this movie. I just <laughs> thought it was a meme. 
I did not like. There were so many things in this movie. That's that I a was real like, movie oh, quote. That's where it's from. Yeah, that's where it's from. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that's totally a great line. That said, uh, Joker, <laughs> real good. Wow. This is like the first time in a film I've seen like an actor just disappear into the role. I I I forgot I was watching a performance. I legitimately just completely forgot it was an actor. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't even know, like, from what he looked like, I had no idea what. Yeah, and when you look. Like, in the movie, he yeah. transforms completely. Yeah, when you look it up, it's like, yeah. how, how do these two look alike? What? Where's the resemblance? <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, they look nothing alike, and it's Props impressive. to hair and makeup. Good job, guys. I know. Yeah. They don't get enough they, credit. But they did great. Um yeah he just completely disappears into the role um it's very tragic what happened to him and his death but i'm really glad that he still won all the academy awards for this um well he won one academy award what am i saying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but he, he definitely did just an outstanding job um this this insanity like um oh can't talk about the scene but there's a scene where he 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 laughs and it's like chilling um yeah i mean almost any of the laughs that the joker has in this movie are chilling true um but the specific one i think you know what i'm talking about um during the third act um real good real good yeah i'm definitely gonna need more context uh we'll talk about that in spoilers (laughs) man this movie is hard to talk about without spoilers i also love the amount of puns that the joker has i agree Yes. Mm-hmm. All, All of the, the good puns. And the amount of just chaos for chaos's sake. Even when recruiting his yep. own people. I... There was a scene where he had to... Or he... He... Disposed of a previous person um, that was a head of some sort of mob or cartel or whatever. Um, and then he turned to the lackeys of that person that he just disposed of um and was like well we need someone to join our team but we only have one position breaks a a a mop i think in half and was like duel it out winner wins and it's just yeah insane definitely he's he's truly um truly insane also neat little detail uh that during that car chase scene um in the middle i think um that scene uh he takes a 18 wheeler from a circus that said laughter is the best medicine in and puts an s at the beginning of it so it mm-hmm. says slaughter instead uh neat detail guys yep. <laughs> very very slight yeah. detail and just I love it so much attention to detail it's really well made yeah uh let me think okay we're supposed to be talking about the acting uh like we talked about uh two-face he was good um, I really like uh, Gary Oldman and Morgan Freeman. They're they're pretty good characters. I like them a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're good supporting characters. Yeah, especially Morgan Freeman. Yeah, ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Where was Alfred? Th- this movie had a very surprising. Oh, lack that's of true. Alfred. He was barely in it. Didn't it, wasn't it as long as this machine is here? I no, no, be. no. The, no, yeah, and then was, he destroyed Fox. the machine, so he's still here oh, okay. in the third movie. 
Um, he's yeah. even in. I'm sorry to tell you this, Mr. Hall, but uh, uh, the Alfred is in it even less in the third movie. He's still in it, but he oh, he okay. he's in it less. It's very sad, very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this earlier, but Rachel Dawes at least has better writing in this one. But still, the character is written very two dimensional, or like very mm-hmm. like one. Yes, I agree. De- definitely the weakest part of these movies. But I, I guess they, the filmmakers felt a need to have a love interest in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, but even that was sort of confusing. Sometimes it was like, okay, is he is she still into Batman or is she into this new guy? I am confused. Where is she mm. supposed to go? Like, what is she doing? Well, yeah, actually, she does um, have a little more relevance in the third movie too. Um, her impact off screen. Um, yeah. But mm. yes, I'll talk. Actually, you know what? This this transitions very well well into spoiler talk. If you don't want to be spoiled, leave. Watch this movie that's like thirteen years old now. Uh, watch it; it's very good. But uh, or like me, if you've never watched it and just don't care. No, don't do that. That's very bad. Very bad. I do that. You, every you're breaking episode. the rules. <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to play this game. <laughs> um Good. anyway um so we'll talk about the two fairy scene but i really want to talk about uh rachel um the <clears> fact <throat> that alfred chose to burn the letter saying that um that she picked uh harvey instead um i that that has some mm. um just that scene at the very end where he's talking about sometimes people have to have their faith rewarded uh and then he's burning that letter as he's saying that um, so that he never reads it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really good scene. That is... Yeah, I, I missed that. I must have missed that on my watching of it. Because that is really Yeah, that's impactful. really good. But yeah, let's talk about the two fairies scene. Because I think we've all been dying to talk about it. Um, I have to edit this podcast yeah. down a little <clears throat> bit because of that. But totally worth it. Because this conversation needs to happen. What a great scene. <laughs> Um, yeah. the, so basically Joker has all of the, it, there's a bunch of fairies that leave, uh, Gotham to get people out of the city. Uh, two of them, in fact. Um, and, uh, one is full of prisoners, uh, and one, the other is full of just normal citizens. And he makes, he, he says, uh, y'all have the detonators to the other bomb. If one bomb is blown up, I won't blow up the other. But if neither one is blown up by midnight, I'll blow them both up. And then <laughs> this contributes to that, that um, uh, you said in the chat, I thought you were saying tooth fairy scene. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mr. Hall. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I didn't mean for that to go in the, the I didn't either, <laughs> but it was so funny that I decided to read it. The two. <laughs> yeah, I was very confused. Fairy, the two fairies. See, yeah, I can see where you got confused. The two the boats. Two boats. Yeah, the let's talk about the fairies. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the tubas? <laughs> He's All right. It felt very like the the entire time that those fairies were on screen, um it felt very much like the Oh crud. What's the 
the trolley problem. Do yeah. You don't know what the trolley yeah. problem is? Like, do you is? hit the old man or do you hit... It's, so, it's a trolley that has a switcher that you're right in front of, which means you can switch between two tracks. The track that it's already on is going to kill five people. If you switch it, it will only kill one person. But you're actively... Like, it's a different person on a different track. So, the moral question is, do you flip that switch? Do you kill one person, but you've act- actively made that decision... Or do you kill five people? And I felt like that was a very similar moral question that the Joker was making all of these people deal with by giving them, theoretically, the... Because um, we don't know if he actually did have the um, detonators for the other boat or he just didn't have any bombs or he just didn't have... Like, he just put the detonators for the same boat in this boat. Well, to the, answer your thing, yeah. uh, first so. of all, you did see the bombs. They were they they were definitely there. Uh, and he was holding the detonator. Oh, okay. um, he pulls it out right before yeah. Batman uh, throws him over the side of the building. Yeah. Um. Yes, I, I do remember him um, deciding to detonate them uh, himself. I just figured, oh, well, nothing happened at midnight. I guess it wasn't mm-hmm. on a timer. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess the implication was someone else was supposed to manually well, do it for him. Got it. Well, another thing that could have, or that impacts is what if the detonators were to your own boat? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Then mm-hmm. you would have ended up killing yourself. Yeah, and it would have accomplished exactly what the uh, Joker wanted, which was yeah. chaos and death. Mm-hmm. But mainly chaos. Yeah. Yeah, but mainly chaos. Um, so the scene I, I also wanted to talk about is the scene where uh, Batman throws him over the the building. I just love that shot where you <coughs> see him falling. I just thought, wow, that's really well framed. Um, I liked that. Mm-hmm. Nothing significant. Just thought the the the, the, the angling was good. <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Um, but that was the that third act really great. Um, and then that ending, uh, where you know. He takes the fall for uh, Harvey Dent's uh, crimes, killing those people. Um, just fantastic. Although, couldn't they have just pinned that all on the Joker? Could have just said the Joker killed these people. But it wouldn't I have been guess. as impactful if they did that. So Wasn't the Joker in jail already? Yeah, but like he remember Harvey Dent killed like a bunch of police officers and uh, crime bosses and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah <clears throat> but it it wouldn't have like had the seal of the joker there wouldn't be any oh, joker cards right. on yeah. so yeah. it would have been sort of I, I, maybe people mm-hmm. would believe it i don't know yeah i don't know yeah but it's still the it wouldn't even have the same effect <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. so one thing going back a little in the movie that i didn't really understand is so the when 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 Fox and Bruce go to Hong Kong to visit uh, Lao, and then Batman suddenly shows up, how did they not make a connection between the two? I don't know. Maybe they're dumb. Like how? It would only make sense. Oh, this person that I was just talking to came over for no other reason to just refute our deal just turn us down 
which could have mm-hmm. been in a phone call. But then Batman shows up. This is why I don't understand comic books and, th- and superhero movies because they have a lot of times these yeah. kinds of plot holes. Well, like you could also say that, like I don't know. <laughs> I had a thought. Most of these gone. superhero movies have like a Love lot more that. plot holes. Um, yeah, this one's really good about like covering up, like oh the employee or covering the employee suspicions. Mostly airtight. Yeah. Still, still not free of problems. Yeah. That was the that was the one that I was like, this does not. Yeah. Make the sense. the worst thing about this trilogy, apart from uh, Rachel, is um, definitely the the whole how do people not realize that this is Batman? Like, br- um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, but people, there's like the thing of, do you really want to realize? Hmm, that's true. That's true. Well, the the cops don't. But obviously, a lot of other people do. Well, like, uh, one person figures out and the Joker threatens them. True. That's there. But And then, like, another one person figures it out and they're like, what are you going to do? And Morgan Freeman's like... Well, the Joker doesn't know for sure that um, whatever his name is figured it out. Mm, that's true. He could have been, you know, making it up. Yeah, um, yeah the Joker also... If that happened, then the Joker would have had to fulfill his promise, um, and that would have not yeah. been chaotic. He would have had yeah. to stop killing people. So he might still care. That's true. That's a valid point. All right. Cool. Well, does anyone else have any closing thoughts before we wrap up today? No, not really. I do not. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Animated Excellence. Hopefully, if you're still here, you haven't been. You've seen the movie. <clears throat> but if you had no shade against me hi <laughs> but if you haven't seen the movie and you're rebellious like a certain someone is uh definitely check it out it's a really good movie um <laughs> and thanks for listening to animated excellence hit follow if you're listening on spotify and see you whenever i make a new episode bye Au revoir. why so serious